Welcome to Habits for Your Happily Ever After, where we get clear about your marriage communication. Because when your relationships are strong, you're able to concentrate at work, reduce conflict at home, and receive support for your dreams so that you have courage to live your best life. I'm Rebecca Mullen, a relationship coach living in Western Colorado, and today we're going to continue our discussion about how to ask cleanly for exactly what you want. I'm borrowing most of today's episode from my new book, Six Steps to Better Marriage Communication. Last week in episode 29, we talked about how to get clear about what you want. The week before, in episode 28, we talked about how fear pollutes your communication. So today we're going to put those two together and create a clean ask. Because I'm going to build on what we talked about in those two episodes, if you haven't listened to them yet, I encourage you to do that before listening to today's episode. But I'm not the boss of you, so you do whatever you want. What does a clean ask sound like? You think you're asking cleanly. You're not. It's a lot of work to overcome your fear and get clear. It's so much easier to opt out of the work and expect your sweetheart to do the work for you. We treat communication like it's a game of tag. Tag, I got you. Your turn. Remember River, who wants to buy a house? River's afraid Phoenix doesn't want to invest in the future together. This fear dirties River's ask, and it sounds like this. Hey, Phoenix. Housing prices are dropping around here. Now, Phoenix can't even find an ask in there, dirty or clean. It's a statement, right? River hasn't given a clean ask because River is held hostage by fear. River is playing tag rather than communicating, speaking words so that Phoenix might say the words that River longs to hear. River wants Phoenix to respond. What makes you say that housing prices are dropping, River? Why are you concerned with housing prices? But see how this makes Phoenix responsible for giving curiosity to River. Communication is giving and receiving. Instead of harnessing fear, River just tagged Phoenix with a bunch of words strung together and essentially said, hey, Phoenix, you're responsible for figuring out what I want and driving this conversation forward. (laughs) Yikes. There's a big payoff for this strategy of tag. When your sweetheart responds poorly, you get to feel like your sweetheart is the incompetent one at communication. You got to avoid the tough work of overcoming fear and getting clear, and you get a convenient place to blame, shame, scold, or offer the ever-friendly cold shoulder because you communicated. Except you didn't. You simply dumped a word salad in your sweetheart's lap or at least River did. It's understandable why River doesn't want to do the work to make a clean ask. We all want to avoid that work. It takes time, self-reflection, and responsibility. It's so much easier to opt out. The bummer is the alternative is worse. Confusion, frustration, loneliness, and alienation. Hence, the need for the clean ask. So here's the formula for the clean ask. Are you ready? State your feeling, which oftentimes is fear. Then state your clear desire. That combination makes for a clean ask. 
When you ask cleanly, you invite your sweetheart to be part of your shared life, taking out the trash or venting about your bad day or or letting your sweetheart know you want them to kiss you. A dirty ask, on the other hand, pushes your sweetheart away. When you make a dirty ask, you alienate your sweetheart with shame, accusation, or control and confusion. So today, we'll examine how to clean up a dirty ask. I'll give you some examples of a dirty ask. Then together, we'll explore how to apply a couple of the tools from my book, Six Steps to Better Marriage Communication, so you can clean up those dirty asks. Here's a couple examples of the dirty ask. Could we get the trash out on time for once? Or, you should listen to me. Or, you never kiss me anymore. A dirty ask never gets you what you want. Instead, it alienates your sweetheart. Remember in episode 28, we talked about fear's many disguises? Now let's examine what happens when you disguise fear and you get a dirty ask. We'll look at fear disguised as anger. So what if instead of housing prices are dropping around here, what if River wanted to use anger to disguise fear? Then River could accuse Phoenix. You never do anything around this house. We use anger and accusation to hide from feelings because it gives us the illusion of power. We feel powerless to get what we want, so we blame and accuse. This strategy of dirty asking alienates your sweetheart. I have never met a person who was inspired to be more intimate because they were accused of failing. Have you? When you disguise your fear as anger, your dirty ask might sound something like this. You never take the trash out. You always ignore me. You never show me any kind of affection. If you hear yourself blaming or accusing on a regular basis, this is a chance for you to get curious about your personal agency and power. When anger is your dirty ask strategy, you might as well lock tender intimacy into a vault because you're never going to access it. So here's a magical phrase for your relationship, and it comes straight from Byron Katie's The Work, and I'll put a link to her website in the show notes. Is that true? This phrase works well to ask your sweetheart, is that true when they accuse you of something that doesn't feel true to you? But the real magic of this little phrase is to use with yourself. Because we all chew and stew on phrases in our brain, and then those phrases leak out into a dirty ask like, you never take out the trash. This dirty ask leaked out because you've been chewing and stewing on questions like, why doesn't my sweetheart love me enough to know to take out the trash? Your brain will always answer the questions that you give to it. So if you apply the question, is that true, to a thought like this one about the trash, it unlocks your anger and resentment. It does this because you're suddenly asking a different question that engages your curiosity. You never take out the trash. Is that true? Never? Absolutely never? Now your brain has a chance to serve up a time 18 months ago when your sweetheart, when you were willing to let the trash overflow so completely 
that there were literally eggshells laying on the kitchen floor. And guess what? Your sweetheart actually scooped up those eggshells and took out the trash. The minute you let yourself find a singular exception to your never, your curiosity revs up. Are there other times my sweetheart took out the trash? And suddenly your dirty ask gets less dirty. You rarely take out the trash. <laughs> this is still far from a clean ask, but you got unstuck. Remember that when your fear gets disguised as anger, it's like locking your sweetheart out, out of the possibility of ever getting it right with that trash can. Anger stops the flow of intimacy. But by questioning the veracity of you never take out the trash can, we've gotten the flow of curiosity started again. Now let's look at how we can take you rarely take out the trash and turn it into a real life clean ask. First of all, what feeling do you have? You feel overwhelmed. You feel like it's unfair. You feel taken for granted or put upon. You feel resentful. So let's put that feeling out in the open because a feeling is the first part to a clean ask. Sweetheart, you're making me feel resentful. So close. You've articulated a feeling, resentful. But let's apply, is that true? Here again. Can you be absolutely certain it's true that your sweetheart is making you resentful? Hmm. Tempting. I hear your certainty. Obviously, it's my sweetheart's fault that I'm resentful because they never, I mean, rarely take out the trash. The magic of is it true of that tool is curiosity rather than certainty. Once you find the exception and realize your sweetheart may have taken out the trash once, you can also get curious about what created a situation wherein your sweetheart was inspired all on their own to take out the trash. And you find it. You neglected the trash so thoroughly that your sweetheart finally saw the overflowing trash can. So this begs the question, is your sweetheart making you resentful? Or is it your penchant to empty the trash, quote unquote, early that's making you resentful? <laughs> I still hear you. Rebecca, you're saying to me, you're being ridiculous. Are you telling me that I have to live with eggshells on my floor all the time in order for my sweetheart to empty the trash? No, I'm not telling you that. But I am asking you to consider that option. Just consider it. I'm asking you to get curious about that option because it's in this expansive, audacious curiosity where you will find your clean ask. And parenthetically, I promise to deal with the unfairness of the overflowing trash can more in episode 33 where we'll talk about building boundaries. When you can get curious about where your resentment is coming from, you're able to ask cleanly. Curiosity replaces certainty. You're no longer certain that your sweetheart never empties the trash can. And now you're no longer certain that your sweetheart is making you resentful. Now you're free to find a clean ask. Sweetheart, I'm feeling resentful. 
This is a great first half of the Clean Ask formula. You're articulating your feeling. You're owning your feeling. And your feelings can't be wrong. If your sweetheart disputes your statement, I'm feeling resentful, I invite you to say, well, this is just how I feel. I'm not blaming you. I'm including you in my life. And part of my life is my feelings, and I'm feeling resentful. If you've had a long history of blame in your relationship, it may take some time for this to sink in. Your sweetheart may have built a brick wall so that they feel protected from your angry outbursts and your blame. Be patient. Keep owning your feelings out loud rather than blaming your sweetheart for causing your feelings. This takes time, especially if you need to go through a period of reparation. In the meantime, Let's create the second half of the clean ask formula. We had feeling, now we add desire to have that clean ask. You've got that first half, the feeling, I'm feeling resentful. Now, locate your desire. At first, it (laughs) might still sound dirty. I want you to take out the trash for once. Bingo, though, this is actually an improvement over you never take out the trash. It's still shy of a super-duper clean ask, but let's look at the improvement. I want you to take out the trash for once is a desire. You never take out the trash is not a desire. It's an accusation. So when you get to this stage of a clean ask, I want you to take out the trash for once, celebrate. Celebrate because your anger is flowing rather than blocked. Anger is this facilitative emotion. It begs for change. The women's suffrage movement was fueled by anger. The civil rights movement was fueled by anger. Anger announces an injustice and begs for change. Anger isn't afraid to ask for what it wants. Anger is demanding, clear. Welcome that clarity that anger offers you. Then, even as you welcome that clarity, continue to clean up the accusations and the blame. And now you've got a clean ask. I'm feeling resentful. I want you to take out the trash. Are you ready for the trickiest part? Stop there. We want to punish our sweetheart or justify our own needs. Don't. We have waited so long to make the clean ask that there is this waterfall of feelings behind it. And when you open your mouth to give a clean ask, it's like breaking the dam and that entire waterfall of feelings wants to come rushing out. Don't let this happen. Just stop at the clean ask. And then watch as your relationship emerges from shame and from blame and confusion. My relationship changed radically when I was able to ask cleanly. And then stop at the clean ask. My husband had been afraid of me prior to me learning this skill. I was good at pouring out shame and blame. When my husband sensed that I wanted something, as a result, he got really skittish and withdrawn. I got clean with my asks and he actually looked bewildered like something was missing. After a few years of bewilderment, yes, I'd been blaming and shaming for a long time, so lots of recovery was needed. It took years. 
After a few years of bewilderment, my husband began to engage with me after I made a clean ask. Sometimes he'd protest and say he didn't value paths in the garden getting built, for example. Or sometimes he'd say, oh, sorry, sorry, I forgot, and then get to cleaning the bathroom. But the biggest reward for me learning to ask cleanly is that on a few occasions, my husband wrapped his arms around me and said, darling, I am so sorry I let you down. You have asked me for that over and over, and I wasn't hearing you. Thank you for giving me another chance. This is a transformative interaction. <laughs> this, this is the promise I'm offering you of the clean ask. Because when you take responsibility for your feelings and own your agency when it comes to your desires, you invite everyone else around you to do the same thing. So let's try one more. You never show me any affection. Is that true? Never? No kind of affection at all? When you question imperatives like never or any or none, you see the possibility that it isn't completely true. And that brief opening allows curiosity to bloom. Now that you're curious, let's take a look at the next tool I offer, stay in your own business. And we'll examine, you never show me any affection. Remember the three types of business we learned about from Byron Katie in her book, Loving What Is? Your business, my business, and God's or the universe's business. Let's take a look at what happens when we use this tool to clean up your ask. You never show me any affection. Whose business are you in? Your sweetheart's, right? You're telling your sweetheart what they are doing. But you have no power to control your sweetheart's actions. The thought that goes with this accusation is probably something like, you don't love me anymore, and that's why you don't show me any affection, or the ever-present, you think I'm fat. If you struggle to see whose business you're in, when you say something like this, you never show me any affection, just examine the thoughts that you're having behind that statement. It's easy to see that you think I'm fat puts you squarely in your sweetheart's business, right? You're telling your sweetheart what they're thinking. You're reading into your sweetheart's mind, which is smack dab in the middle of your sweetheart's business. Now, when you bring this same phrase into your own business, it changes drastically. Listen, I don't feel any affection from you. Here's the first half of a clean ask. See how much blame is washed away when you stay in your own business? Just phrasing it this way opens up possibilities and you might be able to say, I miss you. I feel like the affection part of our relationship has gone missing. Can you feel how much, com how compelling this shift of language has become? The blame of you never show me any affection causes alienation, whereas I miss you is an invitation to reconnect. That's the first half of the clean ask formula, the feeling. Now add the second part, your desire. I want you to hug me and kiss me. So our clean ask becomes, I miss you. 
I feel like the affection part of our relationship has gone missing. I want you to hug me and kiss me. Now, how will your relationship change if you learn to turn a dirty ask into a clean ask? Let's go back to the trash can example. We'll tweak the language a bit and pretend you're disguising fear as suspicion. What message are you sending me when you don't take out the trash? Can you feel how tempting it is to get into your sweetheart's business and wonder, what are you saying to me when you don't take out the trash? Once you're in your sweetheart's business, your imagination runs wild and you create all kinds of scenarios. Well, my sweetheart is telling me that I should do all the work around here. My sweetheart thinks I'm just here to serve them. My sweetheart thinks I'm no better than this trash. Your imagination is brutal when it comes to these scenarios. Can you see how detrimental these thoughts are to your relationship? This is because you're creating both sides of a conversation. Your sweetheart is saying words inside your head. (laughs) But these are words your sweetheart didn't actually say. You imagined them. I've actually talked with many couples who've suffered alienation simply because one person is having both parts of the conversation in their head, then getting mad at their sweetheart for those imagined conversations. Don't let your imagination go wandering into these fields. Take charge by staying in your own business and create a clean ask. First, notice how you feel. You're puzzled. Why doesn't my sweetheart do a simple thing like take out the trash? Or you feel taken for granted. It's not fair that I take out the trash more often than my sweetheart. Or you're just tired I'd rather read my book than take out the trash again. Then state your feeling to your sweetheart. I'm puzzled. The first half of a clean ask formula. Now get really clear about your desire. What do you want in this situation? I want you to share chores equitably. Finally, as clearly and succinctly as you can, tell your sweetheart what you want them to do. I want you to take out the trash the same number of times I take out the trash. So putting it all together. I'm puzzled. I want to share chores equitably. I've noticed that I'm the primary person who takes out the trash. I want you to take out the trash the same number of times I take out the trash. This is a clean ask. See how it eliminates suspicion? You state how you feel. You clarify the kind of relationship lifestyle you want. Then you ask cleanly for action from your sweetheart. What's great about this clean ask is that it inspires a clean response from your sweetheart. Oh, I I thought I was the recycle person and you were the trash person. I figured that's why you never took out the recycle because that was my job. Bingo. (laughs) Sometimes fear gets disguised as suspicion because you can feel there's an unwritten agreement And then your negativity bias goes looking for all the ways this unwritten agreement is bad for you. You get lost in your sweetheart's business and you imagine all the worst things. But if you can get curious and stay in your own business, you don't accuse, shame, or blame. You simply state how you feel and you state your desire. This clarity allows your sweetheart to respond in kind and suddenly you see the entire situation differently. True, your sweetheart never, I mean, rarely takes out the trash. But 
you'd completely forgotten about the 60-minute round-trip errand to the recycle center that your sweetheart takes several times a year. A clean ask is curious. A clean ask invites the whole story. A clean ask cultivates intimacy because you stay in your own business and you own your power. A dirty ask, on the other hand, makes a power grab. Your power grab with a dirty ask creates a defensive power move from your sweetheart and your sweetheart makes a power grab with a dirty ask and suddenly you're off to the icky races of power grabs instead of a generous exchange of kindness and consideration. Are you starting to see the value of a clean ask and the toxicity of a dirty ask? If you're enjoying today's podcast, I'd invite you to order my book, Six Steps to Better Marriage Communication. You'll find a link in the show notes. You'll get several more strategies to help you ask cleanly. And as you can see, the clean ask is the cornerstone to better communication. To promote healthy conversations, strive to eliminate that dirty ask and reach for the clean ask. This week's habit for your happily ever after, therefore, is to examine your dirty asks from the past. Why does this help? Because each of us tend to have a pattern when it comes to dirty asking. I ask why a lot, for example. Why is it my job to empty the trash all the time? My friend, on the other hand, uses hyperbole always and never. When you can recognize your typical style and then identify that as a dirty ask, the next time you offer a dirty ask, you'll go, oh, oops, that was a dirty ask. You may not catch it in the moment, but you'll see it eventually. The goal is to shrink the amount of time between when you voice the dirty ask and when you catch that you're offering a dirty ask. From years to months to weeks to days to moments to that magical place before the dirty ass comes out of your mouth. So pick dirty ass from long, long ago and pick a situation that's lost its juiciness. This allows you to observe more easily. I'm just realizing this would be easier if you could hear a real live example. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want to participate in dirty, in some sort of dirty ask workshop of sorts, text me at 970-210-4480 and we'll put something together. After you've identified the historic dirty ask and you can see your pattern, now intentionally wash that dirty ask and make it clean. Identify the feeling and articulate that without blaming anyone. Then identify the desire you have and articulate that. Voila! You are getting better at the clean ask already. I've got a quick tip and request for you. Here's the tip. If you can teach a friend to ask cleanly, you cement the habit more deeply inside yourself. Here's my request. Could you send your friend the link to this podcast right now and then invite them for a coffee to chat and that will get you better at the clean ask and you'd be helping me to spread the word about my podcast. 
win for both of us. We've arrived at our date night discussion segment. This week, talk with your sweetheart about the character of a dirty ask. Notice dirty asks in others, and together see if you can clean them up. This puts you on the same team. Together, you're trying to clean up the ask of someone else, and this takes you out of the emotional baggage element. You can either have fun going on an exploration for dirty asks, or click the link in the show notes that will take you to a couple video clips of dirty asks that I collected, and you can chat about those. If you have a great example of a dirty ask, would you text it to me? 970-210-4480. Have fun exploring the muck, and I hope it allows you to laugh the next time there's a dirty ask at your house. That's it for today. I'm Rebecca Mullen, and this has been Habits for Your Happily Ever After, where we get clear about your marriage communication. Because when your relationships are strong, you're better able to concentrate at work, reduce conflict at home, and receive support for your dreams so you can have the courage to live your best life. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd be grateful if you'd send a link to your friend. Habits for Your Happily Ever After is produced by Grace Smith. All our music and sound comes from Walk West Productions. I'm Rebecca Mullen. Thanks for including me in your relationship today.